1: Uh, One of the other things that we know is that the DOJ uh, had no problem with people coming from Hunter Biden's law firm that was representing him to the DOJ and then back there taking, I, I mean, I can't even describe how valuable that intel would be. Imagine there's someone prosecuting you and then you get to go and defend the person that you're prosecuting and know everything that the defense team is trying to do to prosecute you. That is incredibly valuable. It's incredibly unethical as well. Now, I want you to hear what Jim Jordan had to say recently about all of this. It's shocking. Take a listen. What action that
2: happened
0: at this meeting, who were they talking about, what took place? That's what we want to know. More importantly, I think that's what the American people want to know.
3: The Department of Justice informed the House Judiciary Committee it would not cooperate with subpoenas for two FBI agents involved in the department's investigation of Hunter Biden because of the committee's stipulations for their depositions. Carlos Uriarte, the DOJ Assistant Attorney General, claimed in a letter obtained by Washington Examiner to Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, his subpoenas to the two agents, quote, lack legal effect and cannot constitutionally be enforced because Jordan had prohibited DOJ lawyers at their depositions. Day wrote, The subpoenas issued by the committee prohibit the attendance of agency counsel at appearances by two FBI employees, where the committee has indicated it will ask questions regarding information they learned, including regarding the ongoing criminal investigation. He also noted compelling testimony from the pair of FBI officials. Special Agents Thomas Sobaczynski and Raisha Hawley of the FBI's Baltimore field office was premature because the DOJ was open to continuing discussions with Jordan. Jordan's deposition rule aligns with House rules, which do not permit department counsel at depositions. The DOJ and the committee could, however, negotiate to have Sobaczynski and Hawley appear voluntarily with DOJ lawyers instead of appearing in the form of a deposition. Uriarte indicated negotiations were plausible. While he was differential to the committee's oversight authority throughout the letter, he also continuously warned the DOJ's Biden investigation, led by newly appointed special counsel David Weiss, was ongoing. And information flow would be limited during that time.
1: Wow. This coming on top of the emails that, we, that I mentioned, and in those emails, we had more shocking information that came out. Those emails now prove that not only did Joe Biden have burner email accounts, but with those email accounts, he was sharing government information, intel, government um, the U.S. government's policies towards Ukraine and quite possibly other countries that the Bidens were making money off of.
4: Emails from Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss's office show that the Justice Department took the lead on answering questions from Congress that were meant for Weiss. Released earlier this week the emails are just the latest signs that Weiss did not have the independence as a U.S. attorney that the DOJ claimed he did. Weiss is now a special counsel leading the investigation into Hunter Biden. The emails show that Weiss and his team discussed multiple congressional inquiries, including one about Nicholas McQuaid, a DOJ official during the crucial months of the Hunter Biden probe who has since returned to work at the firm defending Hunter Biden. House Republicans have been heavily critical of Weiss ever since two IRS whistleblowers revealed allegations of preferential treatment toward the Bidens in his office. They said a lenient plea deal that Hunter Biden received in June proved the whistleblower's claims.
0: But for these whistleblowers, that sweetheart deal would have been even sweeter. They weren't even going to require Hunter Biden plead guilty to anything.
4: A judge rejected that plea deal in late July, and Weiss has since formally withdrawn it. Now, House Republicans are seeking interviews with people involved in the investigation before Weiss became a special counsel. The Justice Department is trying to block those from taking place. They're also looking for emails on which then-Vice President Joe Biden used a fake name.
2: We have requested the unredacted documents, and it's very important because we believe there may be some redactions as to who was copied on those emails where Joe Biden was using a pseudonym, particularly in the case of Ukrainian policy.
4: The National Archives said this week that it has more than 5,000 emails, including Joe Biden's pseudonyms, but it has not yet handed them over. All this comes as House Republicans grow frustrated with the level of stonewalling from the Biden administration. They say they may have no choice but to proceed with an impeachment inquiry if the government doesn't start cooperating. Sarah Bedford for the Washington Examiner.
1: We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere, And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Senator Ron Johnson has now come out saying Barack Obama needs to allow archives because it would be his call. And now the question is, how much is Barack Obama involved in the cover-up of the Biden crime family? Because Barack Obama has to be the one that says yes to releasing the archives on Biden's 5,000 plus alias emails that he was using while he was the vice president. Former President Barack Obama is now involved in this, whether he likes it or not, because he's the one that can say yes or he's the one that says no to allow the National Archives to release President Joe Biden's emails and records linked to his alias email address accounts. Joe Biden can't even do it. It has to come from the former President Barack Obama. What we do know is this. Joe Biden used a global cell phone paid for by Hunter Biden. We also know that he used three different email aliases. So that's a total of four that we know of now. To share government information and discuss business with Hunter Biden and associates. This, according to the Southeastern Legal Foundation, known as SLF. SLF was the first to file the Freedom of Information Act request, known as a FOIA, to the archives for Biden's emails in 2021. Two years later, It renewed the request, but the archives failed, quote-unquote, to produce a single one of these emails the foundation has now reported. The archives did, however, and this is the most important thing, they acknowledged the emails and records exist after the SLF filed a lawsuit to compel the agency to turn over those emails. The archives' refusal, to provide emails and records appears to be politically driven. This according to the NARA the agency notifies the white house Counsel's office of the requests for records of the former presidents that are currently unopened to the public or that are proposed for public disclosure. The agency also notifies the representatives of the former president and the vice president who created the records. Now, Senator Johnson said that Obama should demand the release of emails and records to clear any appearance of wrongdoing, specifically by his administration. He said Obama should allow the NARA and ARA to release the 5,100-plus email messages and more than 200 pages of records. Lawmakers began scrutinizing. Joe Biden's alias email addresses in 2021. But now we've found more of them and more names, more burner accounts. Senator Johnson and Senator Chuck Grassley have teamed up. They are actually the authors of a 2020 Senate report. Remember that the Democrats said was basically Russian collusion, not joking. They were the authors of that 2020 Senate report on the Biden family. They issued letters to the White House and NARA requesting the contents of email addresses on three separate occasions. This has all become public now. Quote, Senator Johnson said, I've been researching Joe Biden's use of private email since 2021. Three letters to the Biden White House have gone unanswered. And NARA provided the usual non-response response. House Oversight Committee Chairman. James Comer, who's a Republican, as you know, investigating from Kentucky, Joe Biden, the Biden crime family, has officially requested the archives hand over all documents now and communications in which then Vice President Joe Biden used his aliases. Now, we know what some of these aliases were, and there's a good chance there may be others that we don't know about. The names and the aliases, and I'd be interested to understand exactly why these names were chosen, were Robert Peters, Robin Ware, and J.R.B. Ware. James Comer said this, The archives need to be transparent and provide these unredacted records to the GOP House oversight. The Republicans' concern about the email And the aliases also come as one alias. Robert Peters contains an at PCI dot gov domain name. Now, PCI represents the executive office of the president. And according to James Rosen, is connected to a Department of Defense network. The Robert L. Peters alias received an email about Ukraine, we now can confirm in 2016, that CC'd Hunter Biden. That's when Biden was making millions as the big guy, and so was Hunter. More than $10 million in payoffs from Burisma. That went down, and we know that email was read, that Robert L. Peters, this is, again, a burner email account of the vice president at the time, the now president, received an email about Ukraine in 16, and then he CC'd Hunter Biden. For a guy that promised he never talked about business with his son, it does seem like he's lying when he's got a burner email account and he's emailing information directly to Hunter Biden about Ukraine. Now, this email, which Comer says the committee has seen, includes an attachment with the vice president's schedule, indicating that he had spoken by phone to then-Ukrainian President Poroshenko. I want to tell you about an amazing trip that we as Verdict listeners are going to be taking to the Holy Land, Israel. Israel is the cradle of Judaism, Christianity, and many of the principles that we hold dear as Americans, and I want you to join me and many other listeners as we visit sites like the Armageddon Battlefield, Nazareth, Jericho, Jerusalem, Bethlehem. You're also on this trip going to set sail on the Sea of Galilee, and you're going to float on the Dead Sea. We're going to walk in the footsteps of biblical figures like King David and Jesus Christ. And you're going to do it all together with other listeners from around the country. Now, I'm going to meet up with you in Jerusalem. And you're going to experience uh, the city and some of the most amazing sites like the Western Wall, the Temple Mount... The trip is going to deepen your understanding of the Bible and of Western civilization. We're also going to have with us a spiritual uh, advisor, a pastor who's going to talk at each site about the significance uh, in the Bible with this trip. It is going to be incredible. Now, you've got time to plan because the trip's going to take place May the 6th through the 15th of 2024. Now, the good news is uh, this is, trip is amazing and it's signing people are signing up fast, so You need to find out and book your spot now before it's too late. You can go right now to christianexpedition.com slash Ben. That's christianexpedition.com slash Ben. You can also call them and get the information, guide and find out everything you need to know about this once-in-a-lifetime trip to Israel. 877-234-3002. That's 877-234-3002. Zero zero two, or online at ChristianExpedition dot com slash Ben. I want you to hear also, what James Comer had to say on Fox Business about all of this. Listen, Chairman of the House Oversight Committee is James Comer, and he joins me now. Congressman, why would Biden use pseudonyms? Any idea? <laughs>
2: That's a great question. Why would he? set up with his family 20 shell companies uh why would they be receiving payments from foreign nationals from romania china ukraine and russia you know these are questions that every american should have and that's what our investigation of joe Biden's all about
1: have you got access to the unredacted documents from the national archives showing these pseudonyms
2: we have requested the unredacted documents and it's very important because we believe there may be some redactions as to who was copied on those emails where Joe Biden was using a pseudonym, particularly in the case of Ukrainian policy, Stuart. So this is of the utmost importance to our national security. Not only was Joe Biden using pseudonyms, he was copying his son on some of those emails that pertain to Ukraine when we had, uh, prior to the pseudonyms becoming public, A a transcribed interview with Devin Archer, who was on the board of Burisma, the the corrupt Ukrainian energy company, uh, along with uh, the president's son. He testified that uh, the owners of Burisma were squeezing Hunter Biden to call Washington to get help to fire the prosecutor, Shokin, who was investigating Burisma for corruption. So along this same time period, uh, we found a pseudonym where he copied Hunter Biden. And uh, it would lead one to believe that this was Joe Biden's way of uh, copying Hunter Biden to say, OK, send it to the Barisma owners and tell them help is on the way. And five days later, Joe Biden flew to Ukraine mm. to begin the process of firing the prosecutor in exchange for American tax dollars in the form of foreign aid. You have a wealth of information right there. But look, it seems likely it certainly seems possible that there will be a government shutdown. Would that interfere with
1: your investigations?
2: Well, I don't think there'll be a government shutdown. Uh, we, obviously, we're having lots of internal discussions now with respect to uh, how to fund the budget over the next 12 months. I hope that we can agree on some cuts. I hope that we can agree on holding certain uh, bad actors within our federal government accountable. But at the end of the day, that that's a decision that it looks like the Republicans are going to have to make as a whole because we're not getting any help from the Democrats. They want to continue need to spend in oblivion So, uh, I, but I'm optimistic there won't be a shutdown but any any type of shutdown would, Stuart, interfere with our investigation. Any excuse the Biden administration can give not to be transparent with the House Oversight Committee, they're going to take that.
1: Congressman James Comer, thank you very much for being with us today. If you hear James Comer, i got I got to give a lot of credit to James because what James Comer has clearly decided to do is be methodical about this investigation be very focused about this investigation take time to explain it the way that he just did and this is what we need went to to explain this to the country because this can sound like a complicated issue it can't it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a complicated issue but it can sound like a complicated issue. And what he's done is simplified it to explain it to you. Now, there's also something else that's happened. Top GOP lawmakers now are demanding all info linked to David Weiss's special counsel appointment, and this is significant. Top Republican committee chairs this week demanded every document, And every communication from the Department of Justice referring or relating to Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointment of the prosecutor, now, quote, special prosecutor who gave him the sweetheart deal, David Weiss, to that special counsel in the Hunter Biden case. Now, remember, David Weiss is the one that wrote the sweetheart deal, that gave the sweetheart deal to Hunter Biden. So the guy who gave him the deal that the judge said was ridiculous and said no to is the same guy that now is a special counsel To somehow then do something different. We all know that's not going to happen. We also know the law says that Garland is supposed to appoint someone from outside of the DOJ. He didn't do that. We also know that the special counsel is supposed to be someone who's unbiased from outside of the DOJ. We know that David Weiss is clearly biased and within the DOJ, and a special counsel is worthless if it doesn't have those characteristics. We also know it's technically illegal, but guess what? The person who you appeal to when the special counsel is illegal is the Attorney General Merrick Garland. And then Merrick Garland is the guy who just gave this intel and gave all of the records and gave everything to protect the Bidens to David Weiss. And that's exactly why he appointed David Weiss as special counsel. Now, Garland appointed Weiss earlier this month, only after Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell apart that Weiss put together.
3: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer.
2: As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy.
1: Weiss investigated Hunter Biden, in theory, was investigating him for more than five years. In reality, what he was doing is protecting the Biden crime family. David Weiss made sure that the biggest crimes committed by Hunter Biden, he could no longer prosecute him for. And the reason why was simple, because the statute of limitations ran out on the biggest felonies against Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden Weiss investigated Hunter Biden for five years before working out the plea deal with the president's son. Reports indicate the plea deal was only pushed through due to IRS whistleblowers' allegations, and that's what made it fall apart. It's not clear why you have only now, after the investigation's been going on for five years, opted to appoint Mr. Weiss as special counsel, especially after you and the department represented That Mr. Weiss already had, quote, ultimate authority over the case. That's what House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan wrote in a letter this week, also signed by the House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith and the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. This also, Jim Jordan, they work really well together, as you can clearly see. The lawmakers noted that alleged special treatment that Hunter Biden received specifically from the Department of Justice, including the agency, actually tipping off Hunter Biden's counsel, allowing the statute of limitations to lapse on tax charges and suggestions to remove Hunter Biden's name from documents such as subpoenas and prohibiting IRS and FBI investigators from asking about or referring to the big guy, quote unquote, or dad in witness interviews. I think it's pretty clear we know what was going on here. Since the early days of its investigation concerning Hunter Biden, the DOJ has deviated from its standard investigative procedure and afforded Hunter Biden special privileges not afforded to other Americans, the letter reads. For instance, according to whistleblowers, the Department of Justice tipped off the subject of the investigation, Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's counsel that investigators would search a storage unit Hunter Biden owned before investigators could conduct the search. In another instance, the department also allowed the statute of limitations to lapse on charges for the 2014-2015 tax years, including felony charges of tax evasion and filing a false or fraudulent tax return for the 2014 tax year. Despite defense counsel's willingness to consent to an extension. So even Hunter Biden's own team was saying, no, 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 we will agree to while you guys are investigating, so you don't hurry up and charge us with something while you're doing your investigation, we will consent to an extension of those statute of limitations. And you know what happened? David Weiss and the DOJ said, no, 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 we don't want to get, we don't need an extension. We'll just let it run out. If you're investigating tax crimes and you know that tax crimes exist and you're and you're going through all of this and, and, and the defense counsel, Hunter Biden's counsel is willing to consent to an extension of those statute of limitations, why would you not take it unless you're actually covering for the president's son and protecting the Biden crime family? Quote, these deviations took place while Mr. Weiss, with the full support and backing of the department, of justice oversaw the Hunter Biden investigation as the U.S. attorney prior to receiving special counsel status. So what they're saying is, is he had full authority, autonomy to do whatever he wanted to do. And the question they're asking is, okay, if he had full authority to do whatever it is that he wanted to do now, what would be any different that he's been named special counsel? He could have done everything he now has the ability to do then based on what we've been told. Now, the Department of Justice has until September the 11th to respond to this letter that has come from Jim Jordan, James Comer, etc. The agency, by the way, confirmed, received the letter, but declined to comment. The Hill newspaper is now reporting. So this is becoming a bigger problem for them now. Now, they can just say, here's the middle finger and pound sand in Washington, D.C. They can do that. There's a very good chance that they might do that. That wouldn't actually surprise me at all if they did that. But these 5,000 plus emails using Biden's you know, burner accounts are in possession of the National Archives. The question is, why do they have them, right? What's well, because he was using email addresses that were important within the government that we didn't know about. That is not normal. Here's a little bit more of what James Comer had to say in another interview, National Report on Newsmax, about what they're finding just want to get your reaction there to uh, Kilmeny's report, the National Archives admitting it has thousands of emails and electronic records related to pseudonyms allegedly used by then-Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, where are you in the process of combing through those those emails, and is there more to this?
2: Well, there we have copies of several of those emails, certainly not 5,400, like what is estimated that he used, uh, but... Many of these emails that we have copies to are redacted, and we want the unredacted version because we already know of at least one email pertaining to Ukrainian policy at a time that fits when Devin Archer's testimony uh, would said that uh, the owners of Burisma were squeezing Hunter to call Washington for help in getting Shokin, the, the Ukrainian prosecutor, fired who was investigating Uh, the president's son's corrupt energy company in Ukraine. And we all know that days later, Joe Biden went to Ukraine and withheld foreign tax dollars in the form of foreign aid in exchange for terminating Viktor Shokin, the the, the prosecutor who was investigating his son. So uh, we're very concerned now that Joe Biden was using pseudonyms to hide the fact that he was working with his son to peddle access, To our enemies around the world in exchange for wire transfers that we've already discovered that went to shell companies or fake companies uh, while he was vice president. So let's just think about this. The vice president at the time, Joe Biden, was using fake names in emails uh, and he also was working with his family to set up fake companies to receive wires from foreign nationals that were then laundered into at least nine family members' bank accounts. I mean, this is one of the worst stories that that I've ever heard with respect to any type of leader in the history of our country.
0: Hmm. Uh, It would obviously, you know, lead you, I'm sure, to question where the money is and where did it ultimately end up? Could you share an update on sort of the process of tracking down alleged payments Mm -hmm. to folks with the last name Biden?
2: Yeah. I mean, we've got twenty one million dollars thus far uh, in bank accounts that that were uh, the part of wire transfers from foreign nationals to shell companies. And again, I can't reemphasize this enough. Shell companies are fake companies, just like a pseudonym. A pseudonym is a fake name. The same thing with these companies that were receiving the initial wires from these foreign nationals. And again, these were bad people in bad countries that were paying the Bidens tens of millions of dollars for reasons we don't know. All we know is, according to Devin Archer, they were selling the brand, and the brand was Joe Biden. Uh, we know that one of the instances of, of a potential policy decision that was made was Joe Biden has already admitted that he flew to Ukraine and withheld tax dollars to fire a prosecutor who was investigating his son's corrupt energy company. I mean, this is really bad stuff. And every week we find more information, more pseudonyms, more communication between Joe Biden and his family, more shell companies, more wire transfers. So this is getting worse by the day. And what we want to know, we want to know a couple of more bank accounts that we believe that the president's son was using to pay for things of value for Joe Biden. So this is where we are in this investigation. We're at the point to where we're probably going to head to court uh, to try to get some more bank records. But this is an investigation of Joe Biden And I don't think the Democrats, you know, they've defended Joe Biden for nearly a year now. Can they defend the pseudonyms? Can they defend uh, the the payments going to things of value for Joe Biden? That's where the Democrats are going to have to have a come to Jesus moment and decide, how much longer they could defend the indefensible with respect to Joe Biden.
1: With respect to the emails, I know that you said that you had copies on and and some of them were redacted. We actually have one, I believe, that is not redacted, that we've got our hands on here. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is just kind of a zoom in here. And this is from one of the alleged pseudonyms, Robert L. Peters, C.C. Hunter Biden on that. And it says boss 845 a.m. prep for 9 a.m. phone call with President Poroshenko. Um, This is just one. Where does Mm -hmm. your mind go when you
4: see that?
2: Well, I see that that connects Hunter Biden to Joe Biden at the time when Devin Archer said he was being squeezed by Burisma by the owners to call Washington for help. Now, remember, we already found an FBI 1023 form that alleged Joe Biden and Hunter Biden both took bribes from this guy who was squeezing Hunter Biden to call Washington, D.C. for help. Then Joe Biden, using a pseudonym, copies his son uh, right before he leaves to go to Ukraine at the same time. He was being pressured to call Washington for help. It looks to me like Joe Biden was saying, OK, son, you send that to the owner of Burisma and tell him help is on the way. Tell him daddy's coming. Daddy's coming and he's going to save us all. And that's what it looks like has happened. And they used a pseudonym to disguise it. That's why you know I, I tell people when they say, why is it taking so long in this investigation? The pseudonyms are just an example. They have done everything in their ability to block and obstruct this investigation. Joe Biden wants to say he's the most transparent president in the United States. That's bullcrap. He's the least transparent president in the United States. If he were innocent, he would be cooperating with this committee and, and trying to save his good name. But he continues to act like there's nothing to see here. When that email on the screen is a government email where Joe Biden was using a pseudonym and he copied his son about a shady, shady transaction where Joe Biden was going to leverage American tax dollars to save his son's butt and probably his own butt if that FBI form's right, that he took a
1: bribe. I think the easiest part for the Democrats on this really is this. They know he did it. They've accepted it. They know that Joe Biden's compromised. They've accepted it. They know there's massive corruption. They've accepted it. They know that he is a president that is incapacitated, which means, in a weird way, those in the House and the Senate that are Democrats actually have more power to get stuff done. That's the trade-off here. The incompetency is the trade-off, right? The incompetency is actually to their advantage. Without that incompetency that we just mentioned here, then you're screwed, right? They need the payoff to keep supporting him. And the payoff is they can run this government because you have a president that's not. That's why they've clearly been willing to accept everything else. This is why it's not just impeachment. This is why Republicans better get their act together and and, and go all in to make sure we actually get to the bottom of all of this. Please take everything I just told you, share it with your family and friends, take our podcast, share it wherever you can on social media, because I promise you what I just told you is not and will not be covered by the mainstream media. They are not going to do it.